I just feel like, like an onion, you know, you look at an onion from the outside, maybe this is a bad example, but you look at an onion from the outside and you just, it looks like this one thing. And then when you cut and you go deeper and you pull and pull and you realize there's just all these layers, I feel like it has given me so many more layers to who I am and helping me understand and peel back those. And like, it almost is like a light. It shines in there and I can see so much more that like God has for me, God has for my family and my children. And it's definitely changed the level in which I dive into my relationship with God. A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check Podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode on the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. If you are new to the show, welcome. We just got off of a little month and a half, I think, a little spring slash summer break. If you do not know, I'm a full-time wedding photographer and wedding season has been crazy and I've been traveling a ton. And so I just needed a little break to catch my breath and start recording episodes again. But we are back and today's episode is with my friend Ivy Carnegie. If you haven't listened to our last episode with her, it's called He Who Finds a Wife Finds a Good Thing. You have to go listen. Ivy shares her story about becoming a wife, um, what the Bible says about being a wife. It's amazing and it's a must listen. I actually would encourage you to listen to that before this episode so you can kind of get a little background on her. But if you are a mom, if you are an expecting mom, if you have a desire to be a mom, this episode is for you. It is absolutely inspiring, encouraging, incredible. Ivy shares about how being a mom has changed her, what the Bible says about being a mom. We talk about how children are meant to be a blessing and not a burden, no matter what the world tells you. And we kind of go through a lot of lies that the world and society tells us about children, and we compare it to what God says about children. And it's incredible. I know that I left inspired and encouraged, and so I know it'll do the same for you. But let's go ahead and welcome Ivy to the show. Good morning. Good morning. I love doing this with you, girl. I love having you on the show and I love getting to catch up via a pre-show with you. I love this. I enjoy it so much. We were just saying that in the, you know, we've been friends since what, like 2017 and the most we've hung out in the last year is on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, but we're real friends, you guys. We're real friends. Okay. We're easy friends. You said (laughs) that those are the best kind of friends to have. They are. I am so excited to talk about this topic. And I know I mentioned this a little pre-show, but I was a little intimidated preparing for it because I'm not a mom yet. And today we're going to talk about motherhood. And so I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to like really relate or like talk on this topic? But then God just gave me so many downloads as I was like prepping for it. And as someone who desires to be a mom and is so excited to be a mom, I feel like this is such a great episode where I can help other people who desire the same relate. 
And so I'm so excited to chat with you. I think you're the best mom. I look up to you like you can do no wrong in my book. Oh my gosh. Everything you do, I'm like, I aspire to be a wife like Ivy, a mom like Ivy. And so this is going to be so fun to chat with you on this topic. Thanks, friends. I mean, you guys, I'm human. I'm such a new mom. I'm still learning. Um, But I feel like God put me through a lot of things before I became a mom that really, I don't know, I I look back and I'm like, gosh, I'm so glad for me. I'm so glad that I wasn't a mom when I was 20 or 21, because for me, Mm -hmm. I really grew so much in my faith um, and just my confidence, like as who God made me. And I feel like it really set the tone for me in motherhood. So like, I'm just really grateful. And all those things were hard, y'all. It wasn't like this perfect journey. It was the Mm -hmm. hard things that really refined me. And I feel like that translated into motherhood now that I'm a mom. Yeah, it's kind of like I always say, I'm glad I didn't get married to the guy I dated when I was 21 years old, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. And I feel like there's so many things that we can relate to. You know, in the last episode, and if you guys haven't listened to the last episode, we talk heavily on the verse, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that verse really shaped my life. And it was one of the first scriptures I ever heard that Ivy shared with me before I was even a believer. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it before you listen to this one. But I did want to ask, like, you know, we talk about that verse and how, you know, you have to be a wife before the man finds you. And so when it comes to motherhood, is it a similar concept? Like, should we be preparing to be a mom like we prepare to be a wife? That is such a good question. And I mean, yes and no. There's a couple of things. One, if you are not taking care of your body, if you are not doing the things that we know that are good for us, right? If you are not being disciplined in those areas, why should God bless you with a child? Why should you be blessed with those things if you are not currently taking care of the things that you have, right? Faithful with little, faithful with much. I mean, people always translate that into money, but it also can be translated into things that you currently have in your life. Like if you're going out, and I know we talked about this a little bit in our other podcast, but if you're going out and drinking every single weekend, you're like, why am I not getting pregnant? Or if you're out there smoking or you're out there doing these things that like, you know, isn't healthy, isn't, you know, healthy for a woman to carry a child, then why should God bless you with those things? And so it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Are you sleeping well? Are you taking care of your body? Are you, are you able to handle a child? Are you able to stop everything that you're doing and put your focus on a new baby? Because ultimately that's what they would need. Right. And that's what God commands of us. And so Yes. Yeah. You definitely need to be showing up as a mom before you get pregnant for sure. That's so good. And I feel like at least for me in this season, like preparing to be a mom, like you said, looks like changing some unhealthy, maybe eating habits that I have. And like, there's no greater motivation for me than like thinking about a baby and like what makes a baby thrive and what's a good environment for a baby. And so at least for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like do I love fried food? I love it. I love it with every part of my being. (laughs) Is it the best for me in trying to get pregnant? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so true. And once you have a child, it is so much harder to take care of yourself. And so when women reach out to me, especially online, because I have so much, you know, information out there, 
for getting pregnant. And they always ask me like, what can I be doing? I'm like, be the best, healthiest version of yourself right now that you can before you get pregnant. And that's everything that is food. That is, you know, your mindset, your uh, marriage, your home. I mean, all of those things, this is the only time that you'll have before that child comes that you'll have that time to really devote to your body and prepare. And so absolutely you guys like do all the things like God will come in and do the miraculous, but we have to do the things that we can do first. Right. Like we are in control of those things. Like he will come in and do the things he'll meet us where we can't. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's so much we can do. Like I said, if you're out there eating, (laughs) this is not personal, but if you're out there eating Taco Bell, (laughs) not personal (laughs) or or in and out or whatever, by any means. And of course God can surpass, you know, fast food, you know, he can absolutely do crazy things in the womb and he will. But there's still a lot of things that we can do. And really, it's not so much a physical thing, but a heart posture. Mm -hmm. When we are showing up disciplined in those areas, it it changes our heart. And that's what really is it's about when you become a mom. Yeah. and And I think scripture does say your body is a temple. They do. And I think about that a lot when I think about getting pregnant. And I had, I don't know if anyone listening has heard of a colonic. It's basically a cleansing of your colon. It's a very interesting procedure. And she had said to me something like, you know, I had said to her, your body is a temple. And she said, of course, like you want to create an environment for this baby to thrive. And I think when I think of that verse, I think of pregnancy, I think of motherhood, I think of, you know, all these ways that God is kind of setting us up to be the best version of ourselves for the blessing of a child. Exactly. And it's so true. And I think women don't know if you haven't had a child, you don't know once that child comes, every ounce of your being goes into this child, every ounce of, of energy. And it goes into this child. You're having sleepless nights. You're doing all these things and taking care of yourself does become a little bit harder, especially when they're newborns. Right. And so doing all that beforehand, preparing beforehand is what will really set you up for a really healthy pregnancy and just a healthy journey in general. That's so good. My twin sister is, she's so uh, inspirational in a way of like her fitness journey. She worked out every single day of her pregnancy until the doctor told her she could no longer. And I was like, oh my gosh, how, like, how do you do that? And she was like, I'm preparing because I know that when I can work out again after the baby, I'm going to be more inspired to want to do that because I'm already have formed this habit. And so I want to be excited to work out again and get back to a healthy pre baby place. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And just have that mindset. I mean, for me, like it's, we walk, I mean, everything shifted, right? Once you have a child, things look different. Your mm-hmm. workouts look different. Everything looks different, but it is, it's, that's my personal time. That's when I listen to a podcast. We go on a super long walk with the kids and we get out and get fresh air. And if I hadn't done those things when I was pregnant, I definitely probably wouldn't be doing them now for sure. So it's definitely a mindset. It's taking care of your body. And that starts right now. That starts when you're working to get pregnant. So good. So, okay. We kind of jumped the gun. I didn't ask you the first question that I ask every guest and I don't recall what your dream was the last time you were on. I'll have to go back and listen, but I'm sure you have a new dream. So what is a dream that you have right now? Oh man. Oh man. You know what? My dream right now is to own land in Southern California, which is, as you know, trippy because it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. Things are crazy. Uh, We pretty much live in, I got to be careful with my words here, but you know what's (laughs) happening in in Southern California. Mm -hmm. But I really feel like God has called us here and 
I feel like he's going to see us through, but there's going to be a little bit of wilderness in between that. And so right mm-hmm. now my dream is land in Southern California, at least an acre overlooking the water, um, which is going to be, it's going to take some money to do that. But you know what? God will meet you where you are, right? He will do the impossible, yes. <laughs> the miraculous. And, and you're going to be growing all your own food and Justin's going to be riding a tractor. And like, <laughs> I, it's, it's just like a whole thing. I can see it. <laughs> yes, girl. But with that said, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And please believe in our little yard that we have right now. I am growing my kale. I am growing my tomatoes. I'm doing what I can with what I currently have. And my dreams are there. And I know that God will meet me where my heart is and where I feel like Mm -hmm. he is calling us to. Um, But that is my dream right now is to have land here in Southern California, even if it takes two years or three years. Um, I really foresee that happening. I love that. I foresee that happening as well. It's like you have to have land. Yeah. (laughs) And more babies. I mean. And more babies. We want to hear about the cottage. If you guys are not following Ivy, please go and check out her cottage highlight on her Instagram. They just bought a cottage in Illinois. Yeah, we bought a cottage um, in Illinois. It's something that I always wanted to do. We have family there. You probably understand that as well. You have family in Michigan. And now being a mom, Mm -hmm. I want my kids to have that experience of having family close. But we need a place to stay, right? Our family is growing. Like We would like to have more children. And it's not as easy to just show up in Illinois and just stay at my parents' house and all the things. Right now, we have a family and we want to be able to stay longer. So we purchased a cottage and... You guys, we've been looking in the area for probably a year, maybe over a year, and just the, they just weren't right. The ones that the properties that popped up, they just weren't right. They were too close to the water, too in the floodplain, all the things. And anyways, I flew home, and this property came up literally the day I got into town. Oh my gosh! It was the closest property to my parents that we had seen yet. The other ones were further away, like a mile away, a mile and a half away. And I wanted walking distance to my parents' house. And you can see the driveway of this house from my parents' driveway. I mean, it's very, very close. And so we flew in. I messaged the realtor, and I'm like, I want to see this. And she's like, Okay. So she meets me over there, and I had this feeling when we first saw it, and like this is crazy, but like, this is ours. Like this is, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I was sending Justin messages and he's like, absolutely not. No, we're not. (laughs) I honestly, (laughs) he's my spirit animal. I think (laughs) he's like, no, I mean, no, he basically hung up on me as I'm like, okay, my kids were sick at this point. Okay. So we're just hanging out at my mom's and the kids are sick and I'm sitting on the couch and I just hung up my phone and I just prayed out loud. And then I was just like, God, like, please, change his heart, reveal to him things that like, maybe I'm not seeing necessarily that like he will see and give me the heart of, of a good wife that will just listen. If this isn't for me, God, like shut it down and help me to be okay with that. And so next time I called him, he was like, we were talking, <laughs> we were talking. He was like, hurry up, hurry up, make an offer on it and hurry up and like, hurry up and hang up before I change my mind. And I was like, wait, what? And my mom who heard me praying earlier, she's looking at me like, what just happened? And like, we were both just like in awe because I I just prayed, right? And anyways, so we made an offer and they accepted it. And so now we have this cute little cottage that we get to, you know, it's an investment for us. And we're just really excited about it and to make memories there. I love that story. It seems so meant to be. Mm -hmm. It was so fun, you guys. It's been so fun doing it. And something I didn't mention too, 
my girls were sick. So we had drove to the doctor in between those phone calls. Um, so the girls could see the doctor and I stopped at the property. It was pouring rain. My goal was to walk the perimeter of the property and just pray out loud. And it was pouring rain. And I just was like, okay, God, like what to do it. So I just sat in my car with my hands reached out over this property and I just prayed over it. I'm like, God, like if this is ours, like I pray that you will bring incredible memories and that you will just, you will move something to make this possible. And just like that, it was like, my husband changes mine, you know, the, the financing, all of that came together and boom, like it was ours. And it was really cool. It was a cool experience. So amazing. Oh my gosh. Like I'll never forget just like the rain coming down and like hitting the windshield and both the girls were sleeping in the back and then I'm sitting there kind of like a crazy person praying over this property. And then it was ours a couple hours later, which was really crazy. So I feel like the cottage just fits you guys, like your videos and your photos. It just feels like it was meant to be for you guys. It really does. And it's such a God thing too, because you know, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I wanted this cute little completely done property. Like, I don't know, you know, we have visions and then God's vision is like, boom, way over Mm -hmm. here, way better, way more beautiful, bigger than anything you ever thought of. And like, that's exactly what happened. It's so cool. Next to a flower field. I mean, could it be more perfect? It's like when you posted the video in whatever room in the house where you could see the flower field from the window, I'm like, this had Ivy's name on <laughs> on the house somewhere, on the mailbox, like your name That's how somewhere. it feels. <laughs> That's how it feels. And it's just so crazy when you let go and you let God and you don't mm-hmm. push things. It's just so much better. You know, it's so much cooler. Well, what I love about the story is you were willing to be okay with it not being for you if it wasn't what your husband wanted. Mm-hmm. And I love that about you. I love that his opinion matters as the leader of your house. They are meant to lead us for a reason, right? And I have been in a situation, y'all, I've been in several of them. We've been married for a long time now that I did not listen and I did not, I pushed too much. I wanted my own vision and my own needs and I didn't let my husband lead. And let me tell you, it didn't work out very well. There was no flower field (laughs) in that situation. (laughs) Never does work out well that way. No, no, it doesn't. I've learned. Yes, I'm learning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm curious, what is your favorite thing about being a mom? Um, There's so many things, but probably the deeper level of understanding how God sees us in motherhood. Mm. And there's just so many things. I mean, my kids, like, there is, it's going to make me emotional. There's nothing that they could do that would make me not love them. There's nothing that like everything that they do. I just, I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Like I, I'm so obsessed and I want nothing but good things for them. And you know, when my kids come to me and they're crying or they're hurt and immediately think I want to scoop them up and hold them and fix it and make it better. And you know, if they tell me I can't do this, I can't do that. The mom in me is like, absolutely. You can do that. Like here, let me show you. And it's all these moments. And I just have this reflection of like, that's how God feels about us. Like when we say we can't do something or we're hurting or whatever, like God feels the exact same way about us. And I think my favorite thing in motherhood is the deeper level I've been able to go with Jesus and like his love for us and understanding it more. And it's just, it's like this beautiful circle of love because then it just makes me want to love my kids more. And then it just makes me understand God more. And it's just this beautiful circle that I wouldn't have if I wasn't a mom, I don't think. That's so beautiful. How do you think that it's changed you? I just feel like like an onion. 
you know, you look at an onion from the outside, maybe this is a bad example, but you look at an onion from the outside and you just, it looks like this one thing. And then when you cut and you go deeper and you pull and pull and you realize there's just all these layers, I feel like it has given me so many more layers to who I am and helping me understand and peel back those. And like, it almost is like a light, it shines in there and I can see so much more that like God has for me, God has for my family and my children. And it's definitely changed the level in which I dive into my relationship with God. I feel like you need it more. You know, like you need God near to be a mom. You can't. You guys, we are not meant to do motherhood alone. Like anyone who thinks that they can do motherhood without God, you are missing out on so much because we are not meant. He gave us these children to borrow, right, for this time and to raise up. And we're, we are not meant to do it without Him. Like the more I lead on God, the more enjoyable it becomes. It's beautiful. We are definitely not meant to do motherhood without God. That's so beautiful. I was going through one of your Instagram like highlights. I think it was like your inspiration one, but I'm just seeing this in your story often. And I just think I'm inspired by, I think your patience for children, because I think how I grew up, like, for example, if you make a mess, you get yelled at, you know, like you're scolded. Don't make a mess in my house. And especially like children, like I've seen it. This is probably one of the most heartbreaking things I ever witnessed, but Nico and I were on a train once and this family was eating next to us and the toddler was maybe two and she like spilled her like drink on the table because they, whatever, they didn't have lids, whatever. And the dad just like smacked her across the face. And I literally like had to leave this, this situation because I was, I mean, this, it was like kind of a scary like situation. And I'm just like, how can you smack a child for make their two, like, you can't like, that's so unhealthy and creates so much trauma in a child. So like on a, like a lighter note, I guess, like when a child makes a mess, like what do you say to a mom whose like instant reaction is to like yell at them and scold them? It all comes back to our expectation. And my heart hurts for moms that react like that because there's something within them that Mm -hmm. they feel like that's wrong. It's a mistake. I mean, you guys, my home is messy 95% of the time and that's Mm -hmm. okay. I'm in this season. I'm not going to make my children feel fear for exploring. I mean, literally last night, Barley, she took this this empty protein jug dumped it out. I was literally just watching her because I just was, she, I love watching her. She dumps it out and then she got the orange juice out of the fridge and the pineapple out of the fridge. And she literally, and you guys, the protein thing was like the whole of the protein container was like smaller than a nickel. Okay. So for her to be pouring this huge jug of orange juice and pineapple juice, and I just watched her and she was just spilling it everywhere. But like the confidence and excitement that she had when she completed the task Mm. was next level. And that just like filled me up. Yes. Is there pineapple juice on the coffee table on the floor now? Yes. Is there orange juice on the coffee table on the floor now? Yes. Is that frustrating? Yes, it is. But to watch her get excited, have an idea and complete it, even though it caused a mess, like as a mom, it was like, good, you know, good job. Like, what did you make? She was like, I made a smoothie and was just telling me that she created the (laughs) smoothie. And it was like, in that moment, yelling at her stops the creativity. It stops Mm. her exploring. It stops her excitement. And immediately her confidence would have gone way down if I would have like stopped her and yelled at her for the little bit of pineapple juice that was on the table. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I try to stay in that 
place of like observation, if they're not hurt, you know, if she was like close to an outlet or something, that's completely different. Right. But she was completely safe. She's in our living room, like whatever it is, what it is. Um, and I think if you stop that, that's where you damage your kids. And I don't want to like put fear in anyone, but like their creativity, their light, it's like every time we do that, it puts their light out a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And the next time they go to do something or the next time they have an idea, they no longer have the confidence to explore that, you know? So as long as they're not hurt or they're not hurting anyone, I try to just let it go. Well, and I think people think like, that children don't have the capacity to be creative until they're older and smarter when that begins from such a young age. And when you scold them for things or you yell at them for making a mess when really they're just learning about the world and where they live and the environment. And they're, like you said, they're exploring and they're trying to be creative. And really they're probably trying, like you said, Barley said, I'm making a smoothie. You make smoothies, you know? So she was like getting excited to do something that you do. And she's learning every single day. Like babies are little sponges. And like you said, it's about creating a safe place for them to learn and explore and grow into who God has called them to be. Yeah. If you go back and reflect, okay, if someone is mad in this situation, why are they mad? Are they worried about their rug? Are they worried about their couch? Are they worried about maybe their husband's going to come home and be frustrated that there's, you know, pineapple juice wasted maybe. And and those are all valid things, but it really comes back to, you know, the principle of, of where your emotions are coming from and why, and like, can we shift that? There's this quote that I heard and it just like completely undone me as mom. It says, we spend our whole life preparing for adulthood, but what if childhood is our whole life? And when you, it literally gives me goosebumps because when you literally look at the Bible, the Bible speaks of children always as a blessing. It never once says they're a burden. They make messes. They do all these things. They, you know, they're, they're time consuming, whatever. It's always, always, always a blessing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's so true. What if it's reversed? We think adulthood is the the end all be all is where we're going, all the things. But what if childhood is what is to be sacred? What is to be focused on? What and then it shifts everything. You know, it, it's like that is what I want to focus on. That, that what if that's the only time we have with our children, mm-hmm. right? Whether we leave or they leave or what what have you, that is what needs to be focused on and and, and explored and enjoyed and treated as a blessing because it is. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me, I I wrote down um, scripture out of Matthew 18, verse one through five. It tells a story about Jesus placing a child on his lap and blessing him. And the scripture says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called the little child to him and placed a child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. It literally makes me emotional. I know. I like, I tried not to cry through reading it. Yeah. It's just, we, as a society, I feel like we've got things so backwards. You know, children are now an annoyance to people. Um, they, you know, they make messes. They do this. They have all these needs. It's like, we should be giving our lives 
for them, mm-hmm. right? We should be raising them up. They are the next generation. They were given to us by God. And it's like, and that's all children. I don't, I don't just mean like our own. I mean, that's all children. We should be treating all children with the same respect. And mm-hmm. while there's still discipline needs to happen, right? You know, in that moment of barley making a smoothie, it's like I did speak with her like, hey, maybe next time let's do it on the kitchen table. You know, let's not mm-hmm. do it where the carpet is. <laughs> but still, it's that first, what's the first instinct is like that her face lights up. She's like, mom, I made a smoothie. Mm -hmm. It's like you have a a moment in time in that moment. Are you going to continue with this cute little thing with her sparkly little face excited about her smoothie? Are you going to immediately scold her, Mm -hmm. you know, and then have a moment after that? Like, Hey, you know what? When we make food, we do it in the kitchen Mm -hmm. or we do it on the counter or whatever, what have you. So we have a moment like right then to ignite that in them or to crush it. Yeah, that reminds me, Nico was just telling me a story last night. He's reading this book, like preparing to be a dad. It's called Famous at Home. And it's all about how you can not just be the best dad you can be, but like best husband, best leader, best of all these things to best prepare to be a father. And basically, how do I become famous in my home? And Uh, The chapter he was so fascinated on last night talked about how the parents gave an example of kind of what we're talking about, how let's say his teenage daughter says, hey, I want I really want to go to this football game on Friday night. And the parents say no. And the daughter screams, I hate you. You never let me do anything. And, you know, gets all upset, storms away, slams the door. And you have like three options. You can ignore her, let her have her little fit. You can yell back. You don't talk to me like that. You know, that whole thing. And he said, the right thing to do is approach them in a manner where they feel safe. And you say, hey, what made you so upset about me saying no? And you create a safe environment to where the daughter says, well, these girls that always reject me at school, they never asked me to do anything, but they invited me to the game with them. So if I say no, then that's just another form of rejection. So she acted out because she's actually acting out of fear of rejection. And so, you know, the dad can say, you can go to the game, whatever, validate her. And then after say, hey, in the future, like, you don't talk to me like that. Like, talk to me with respect. Like, so you protect and then you correct. And that's something Nico always says, even with us, like if I'm annoyed at him or or we're in like a, a whatever, like a disagreement, we protect our marriage, our relationship, and then we correct later in the, in the environment safety of our own home. And I thought that story was so cool and it related kind of so good to what we were just talking about. It's so true. It's so true. Like kids just want to be loved and accepted by their parents too. I mean, it's a relationship, even with your four-year-old, it's a relationship. It's so good. I love that. So kind of a hot topic, like with the state of the world, the last two years, obviously, like even I've had this thought, like, it seems like a really scary place to like bring children into, you know, and you just don't know what the future holds, what it's going to look like. And you posted this quote, I, I don't know how long ago, but It said you weren't entrusted with this entire nation. You were trusted with your babies and your husband. Focus on what's in front of you. There's a great work to do within the walls of your home. Do not let the state of the nation distract you from that. There's nothing Satan would love more than for a generation of moms to fixate so much on what's going on outside of the walls of their homes that they neglect their greatest callings within. And I just wanted to see if you had maybe advice for someone who feels so overwhelmed and scared for the future. 
you're focusing on the wrong things. There's always been darkness. There's always been craziness going on. And there's that other quote, which is not mine, but um, never regret raising dragon slayers in a time where actual dragons exist. And these children are called. If you do not look around at all the things that are going on, whether it's women suffering, you know, struggling with infertility, you know, this, the abortion situation that's happening right now, um, all these women that are losing babies, you guys, I mean, it's not hard to look around or know someone that has lost a child, you know, not in the first trimester, anything before, not to get too off topic, but anything before the first trimester is, is a miscarriage. Okay. Anything after that, you guys look up the terms for it because it is, it's not considered a miscarriage and the craziness that is happening right now with this, it's, it's so sad. And if you have an opportunity Mm -hmm. to have a child, you guys take that serious. Okay. Do not sit back and not have children because of everything that is going on. We need children to be raised up right now for this next generation, for what's happening. Mm -hmm. We need children that are raised up and with mothers and fathers who love them and want to give them attention to help them with what's coming into this world. You never know who you're going to birth. You never know, you know, you could birth the next daughter that's going to speak into the next generations of moms. Mm -hmm. You could birth the next uh, pastor who's going to really relate to the younger generation that's going to raise up a group of men who are going to lead their homes. You just don't Mm -hmm. know who you're going to birth, but your job is to lean into God, not the world. Your eyes are to be on Him and what He says is time for you to do and, and when to do it. So, Definitely don't don't put your eyes in the world. We are never told to put our eyes in the world ever once, not once. So if you are focused on that, then your eyes are on the wrong thing. So what is the balance of protecting our children from the things and the evil of the world versus making sure we're still focusing on the four walls inside of our home? Does that make sense? It does. I know for me, when I get really worked up as a mom, I am watching too much of what's going on out there, right? If mm-hmm. if I have my TV off and my phone is down or at least not on things that are going on in the world, right? I'm a great mom. I'm enjoying this. My kids are laughing. They're having fun, which is how it should be anyway. As moms, we shouldn't be so mm-hmm. consumed by television or our phone, right? And so I feel like every generation has had their thing, right? Every generation has had their Mm -hmm. thing that was distracting them as a mom, whatever it was, right? And I feel like right now our phones are definitely that for moms now. And for me, it's just, where's my mind? Like, okay, am I looking at this news article and that article? Or have I read the Bible with my kids today? Have I taught my kids different things today? Have I, have I sat and turned worship music on and did the dishes with my kids today? Mm -hmm. And whenever I get off or I feel overwhelmed, I know I haven't done those things. It's the other I'm looking and focused on with the world. And I think there's definitely a balance of being aware of what's going on in the world, but then also like just literally following his commandments for your home and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm aware of the things that are going on, um, what they're trying to teach our children, what they're trying to force on our children's throats. And the only time I get overwhelmed with that, like I said, is when I'm on my phone too much looking at things that it's not what I'm supposed to be doing with my time in that moment. I think they're meant to make us stressed. Totally. I mean, think about like, Back in the day, which maybe when we were in high school or, you know, whatever, I feel like the anxiety in the world and the depression, like it's such a large right now because of 
social media. We have constant access to falsely spreaded information. And there's so much going on on both sides. And we're in a day and age where we're just constantly looking at it. We're constantly, even if we're not intentionally, it's like everyone's posting about it. I haven't turned on the TV and to watch the news in years. The only time I hear it is when I'm at my parents' house, you know, because that's their generation watches the news. But Instagram has given us such um and I love it. It can be such a place for a blessing, but such a place for the opposite. And I think that's why it's important. What you said is balancing. Like when I'm overwhelmed, it might be because I've spent too much time, you know, taking in information that I don't need to be taking in. Mm-hmm. It, it almost feels like this false reality. I mean, it is right, but it feels mm-hmm. like this false world. And I find myself in it when I'm on it too mm-hmm. much, right? If I'm not on there creating positive, healthy content and then stepping away, if I'm just consuming, that's when I find myself overwhelmed as a mom. Like that's when I find myself going to my husband, babe, did you hear this happen and that happened? And even that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like why am I going to give him all this garbage that I just consumed for them, him to be worried about when in reality, our kids are literally playing in the yard. We're about to grill out for dinner. Like our hearts are all happy and in a good mood. And then I'm like, babe, did you hear this? And it's like, it's so, you know, there's gossiping. And then there, I think women think like there's gossiping to my husband and it's like, it's still the same thing. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not positive. And whether it's, you're bringing it into your family or your husband or whatever, it's still something it's, you are being a vessel now for the negativity that you just consumed on your Instagram or wherever you consumed it, Facebook, whatever. Dang, that's good. Yeah. You are the tone of your home. You set the tone of your home as a mom, as a wife. And what are you bringing in? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what are you bringing in? Like, shut it down. You have the opportunity to shut it down, shut it down. You know, put positive content out there and shut it down. Like, don't sit there and consume because it will consume you. It will take mm-hmm. you over and like, just shut it down. Put worship music on, listen to a podcast, whatever you have to do. Like, serve your family, mm-hmm. right? Serve your family. Do something positive, And I promise it will change your mind and your heart. So good. I wanted to, uh, I don't know if you read through this, but I love, this is something a pastor said to me years ago when I was on my journey of like learning about healthy relationships and dating and all that kind of stuff. And, and he said, when you date better, you marry better, then you parent better then you family better. And it continues for generations. And you posted something today, which I'm not going to go like super into, but I genuinely think everything starts in the home. And even further back, if we're fostering unhealthy relationships and then we marry into them, then our children are brought into them. And it's just like a cycle of negative, toxic, unhealthy relationships. And like, and again, this is something you briefly shared, but I think the larger issue at hand is how we date, how we marry, and then it goes into how we parent. Like, and this can go into like spiral into a whole other conversation, but I just think it starts with how we date, but uh, how do we get there? Like, how does someone get to the place where maybe I was at? Because five years ago, I was that person that was like in super toxic, unhealthy relationships. And it took like one encounter with God for me to be like, wow, my life is about to be wrecked in the best way possible. And 
you know, Nico and I are like first generation healthy relationships in both of our families, you know, and I don't even know where I was going with this or what question I wanted to ask. It was more like just a passion of a topic of when you date better, you marry better, you parent better and you family better. So if you're listening, like, who is the person that you're dating? Is that the person that you can see yourself marrying and entering into a healthy environment to raise future world changers? So good. I think, gosh, it makes me so emotional when you talk about all that. But I think, honestly, is the person you're dating someone that you would approve for your daughter to date, Mm. even if you're not a mom? And I think that's what it goes back to. I think we will take less, but for most of us, even kids that we don't have, we would not allow the things that we've allowed for ourselves if we're Mm. in unhealthy relationships. And if you can continue to go back to that. And sometimes I think about this too. Like if I had a son, am I the wife or the mom that I would want my son to marry? Mm. And I don't even have a son, but I, I try to continue to put myself in this position because honestly, we, we mimic and we date and we, a lot of times attract someone that was, is like how we were raised. And so I always try to mm-hmm. think about this and like, how am I treating my husband in front of my daughter's to where they're then in, you know, 15 years going to go and then a a date and attract a man like that. And am I treating my husband the way that I would want my daughters to treat their future husband? So I think it really, it it comes back to like the home, like you were saying, everything Mm -hmm. starts in the home. And a lot of times my husband, even, you know, when I get over consumed with things that are going on out there, he's like, we, we fix this first. He's mm-hmm. like focused on our home first. And he always brings me back mm-hmm. to that, which is just so amazing. But it's true. If you don't have a healthy relationship, if you don't have a healthy marriage, like you have no business out there being out there consumed with, you know, I don't know, Real Housewives of Orange County, watching all these women in these unhealthy relationships and all these things and TV mm-hmm. shows, consuming this stuff if your marriage is a mess. And I know sometimes it's an outlet for people, but like work on your marriage first, work on your relationship first, work on your children first. Because that's ultimately what's going to change things in 15 years. If everyone did that right now, if everyone focused on that right now, you know, what kind of relationships would we brew in 15 years? You know, and something that I know I do with my daughters too, is we pray for their future husband's family right now. Mm. And we do it together. Me and, at least me and Barley, Mila's a little young, but me and Barley will pray for her future husband's parents right now. Because what would I want for a mm-hmm. son-in-law? I would want a son-in-law to be in a home where the parents are not passing off an iPad to a four-year-old, where mm-hmm. the parents are not letting him just watch hours of YouTube, where the parents are not letting him on these darn games, you guys, that are filled with pornography. Mm-hmm. And so many parents don't even know. They're, they're video games, but they're filled with pornography. I want a, a son-in-law to marry my daughter who is not who hasn't seen horrible things, who doesn't have these mm-hmm. horrible images in his mind at such a young age. And so again, it goes back to our home. Like what are we Mm -hmm. doing in our home? And like, I pray that my children's husband's parents are aware and awake and are guarding their homes, like the way that I'm guarding my home. And it makes me guard my home even more when I think about that, because that's what I want for my daughters. So good. I mean, children are meant to play. And I know that's in the Bible somewhere. They're not meant to sit and stare at a screen unsupervised and all these children. And I hate to say it, but they're going to have social issues. Like they're supposed to be out eating dirt and like playing in the yard. 
Yes, they are. And I think, and this is something that I was thinking about before we popped on this call today is that my sister and I talk about this a lot. Our generation, like you and me's generation, Nicole was really the first generation that had the most working moms out of the home. Our generation Mm -hmm. was, you know, the generation before us, most, most of the moms were at home. And my sister and I talk about this a lot because of that. What does that create it? Now we have the most grandmas that are working out of the home. Mm. Right. And it's so true. Like when you were growing up, your grandma probably didn't work. Did she? Mm-mm. No, she didn't. No, I don't think so. Does your mom work? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what has that created? It's created a lot of moms that don't have the help that a lot of the moms are then also working. And so my sister and I talk about this a lot. My mom still works. She's a hundred percent available to me. She will always take a day off or weeks off, whatever, but she's still working. Ultimately, she's Mm -hmm. still working. My mother-in-law works. Okay. So if I needed my mother-in-law for like a month for our family, she's working a full-time job. My sister's uh, mother-in-law works. My sister's mom works. And ultimately what that's done, you guys, is it's trickled down. And so now we've had all these moms who don't necessarily have the support, the immediately, the immediate healthy support of their mom. Mm-hmm. And now, so they are passing their kids the iPad, they're passing their kid, they're turning on the TV, they're doing all these things mm-hmm. that we maybe didn't necessarily do because we were with our grandma. Yeah. You know, we were with our aunt because she was mm-hmm. a stay at home mom. We were with whoever and we don't have that anymore. And so now us as moms, it's kind of, it's made it a little bit harder as moms, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where the iPads come into play, where the TV comes into play. And I'm not judging anyone by any means at all. I'm just saying it's very different now. It's very, very different. Well, even moms like you and me, like we work from home. So there's probably days where it's like, oh man, I just need an hour to finish this. And you know, they'll be quiet in front of the TV or the iPad. Like the struggle is like so real. And I think in moderation, like that is fine every now and again, but I think where it becomes unhealthy is that that's your outlet. It's like, oh, they'll be quiet. If I give them this, I'm trying to get this done. They'll be quiet. It's like, then they're dependent on the iPad and their good behavior only comes because the reward is the iPad or what the tablet or whatever it is. And I think that's when it becomes unhealthy. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we as moms then become dependent on it and then therefore they're not creative. They're not doing the things, you know, and mm-hmm. it comes back to like, are you leaning on God? Like I said, in the beginning of the podcast mm-hmm. is like, we have to lean on God. We are not meant to do it alone. He will sustain you. He will give you the ideas. He will give you the creativity. He will give you the job or the income that's going to help you be the mom that he has called you to be. Mm-hmm. And if you are feeling like you're outside of that, you've got to pray about it because he will give you that. He wants that. He gave you those children. God wants that for you more than anything else. And he will give you that, that job, that income, your husband, uh, a raise, maybe the house that you guys can afford that is going to allow you to be a stay at home. And, and please hear me, you guys, if you're out there and you're wanting to be this mom or that mom, and you want to stay home, but you're out there buying, you know, the brand new iPhone and getting your nails done every single week and, you know, paying X amount of dollars to get your hair done, your priority are not in order. Right. And like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, God will meet you where you are meeting him. Like do the things that you can do first Mm. and then God will meet you and the things that you can't do. And so maybe it's a job. Maybe you need to, you know, live in a more affordable home so you can stay home with your kids, whatever it is. I get so frustrated when I hear moms like, Oh, I can't stay home, but their kids are on brand new clothes every single week. And they got the brand new iPhone. I'm like, girl, you can stay home with your kids if you want it. Like, mm-hmm. let's shift those priorities here. So good. You're preaching. Okay. <laughs> I get so frustrated. I hear all the time. And like their kids, like I said, are in brand new clothes every single week. I'm like, girl, 
Mm-hmm. Go to the thrift store. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> love a thrift store. You and me, we could thrift all day. All day. I literally have anxiety about all the stuff I'm missing every single week in Illinois. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, I feel the <laughs> same. Like whenever I'm out of town for work, like within California and I have my car, like I'll always look up thrift stores or antique stores, like on the way home. And when they're like, oh, we get new stuff every day. I'm like, I can't drive here every day. And then I'm like, what am I missing? You know? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I literally have anxiety. Going into antique stores brings me so much joy and something about like where the items were before and like who's had it and like who the person was who had it like my bible right here that i'm obsessed with oh no one's gonna be able to see this but i have my bible in my hand it's got like coffee stains all over it it's like warped and like ripped everywhere and stained i'm like who had this bible you know like what was their life like you know like jumanji the jumanji soundtrack it's like that's what i think of when you pull that bible out Like there's just stories in there. There's just stories. Yep. So many. Okay. A couple more things I want to ask you. I wrote down like some lies that the world tells us about children because scripture tells us they're a blessing, but we constantly hear, oh, you better save all your money because kids are expensive. They're a lot of work. You better get all your dreams done before you have kids. You better get all your traveling done before you have kids. You'll never get to do anything for yourself again. Like the list goes on, like all these dreadful comments that you hear when it's like, oh, you know, we're going to start trying to have a kid. Oh, you better save your money. Oh, you better do this. And it's like, why? Like, and I just wanted to ask you like, what stands out to you there? in those lies. Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, our world and our society is set up for a selfish mindset. It is do this. It is um, have the cheat day, have the this, take the vacation, buy the dress. Like basically the world is telling us to have no goals, no uh, self-control. Like our world preaches, just give into it, you know, give into all the things that you want, all the pleasure that you want. When in reality, the Bible is completely opposite. And the same thing goes to motherhood. Like when you have a child, you become so selfish, so selfless because Mm -hmm. you have to, Mm -hmm. and it is the most fulfilling thing ever. And it's, it's the same thing, like servanthood, you're serving your family, you're serving this next generation, you're serving this child, this person that God has given you. And ultimately motherhood done the way the Bible says is everything opposite of what the world is saying Mm -hmm. and pushing. And I feel like that is where the conflict comes from. When we stand in our self and serving ourself the way the world tells us to do, yeah, it's hard. Yes, mm-hmm. you're not going to maybe have as much money to go get your nails done all the time and get a massage and get your hair done and go on all these vacations, but that is self-serving, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's it's really empty. But when you pour into your children that God has given you, it is so, you guys, I can't even explain to you the level of fulfillment that I have as a mom. And I, I'll speak to myself and I'm not speaking to anyone that maybe is going through things or postpartum depression or all of that, but just the level of selflessness that I have now as a mom, I look back at my former self and I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just served myself. Mm-hmm. I served myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And what did that do? Nothing. It leaves you empty. And I have these two little people that I just love so much who give literally nothing back to me. Mm-hmm. They can literally do nothing for me aside from like fill my emotional cup. Cause I just am obsessed with them. But you guys, I've never felt more happier, more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that is 
being more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. You have the world where you serve yourself or you have, you know, being a mom where you're serving these two little kids, which ultimately is more in line with being Christ-like. And mm-hmm. it's just, it is the most beautiful thing. You know, at the end of the day, I look at my former self and I feel like I've been reborn. And I know a lot of people say that, but I feel like my life is just getting started now. And I serve myself less. It makes sense because, I mean, it's all coming full circle. Like children, which we were created to serve. And so if we were created to serve, that would make sense why children are a blessing because we serve them. And, you know, the Bible says, love God and love others. It doesn't say love yourself, love God, and then love others. And so I think we get the most fulfillment, which like society in the world tells us the opposite from serving others. And I I think it makes so much sense why you feel so much joy and so fulfilled by serving your children. And yeah, vacations are fun in the moment. I call those things passing joy. It's like they come and they go, but like serving your husband, serving your children, that's like a fulfillment that sustains and like lasts, not just like for a week. Yeah. And also like you, it's a trade-off, you know, my husband and I, which we didn't really go on a lot of vacations before anyway, but now seeing my kids, you know, those vacations, those things are, are now uh, switched to watching my kids experience things. And it's mm-hmm. way, more, you guys, it is way more exciting and fulfilling than going on some lav- lavish vacation just with your husband. Mm. Like seeing your kids experience life in the water and the beach and like doing things with them instead or like going on a trip and like getting on a plane and watching your kids like see the clouds in the sky and just get so excited. Like it's so much more fun and exciting and fulfilling than just doing those things yourself. It's the opposite of what the world wants you to do. Yeah, it always is. I feel like whenever I'm on an airplane, my dream, I'm always like, God, please seat me next to a child. Like I'm that person on the plane. Like whenever, like I once actually, I could tell a guy was like super frustrated because a mom (laughs) and a baby sat next to him. And I was like, I'll switch with you. And he was like, really? And everyone was like, what's wrong with this girl? And I'm like, but it brings me so much joy. Like to sit one time I sat next to a seven-year-old on a flight. He might've been six or seven. And the mom was like, I'm so sorry in advance because the mom and the two other kids were on the other row. Mm -hmm. And it was me and this kid and like some other older person next to me. He talked to me the entire flight. But what I noticed was he was he was first kind of a little shy. But then I just was started asking him questions and he did not stop talking the entire flight. And I can't remember to this day what the story was, but I was so inspired. It like gave me like a whole like sermon. I'm like writing down what he said. He's talking about all his friends he made over summer. And I'm like, wow, kids brains are so I love them. Like they're so pure and innocent. Everything they do is like, like barley, like exploring, like they're exploring life. And it's so interesting and intriguing to me. I love it. And they're so unfiltered for the most part. They're not yet damaged by this world, right? They're not trying mm-hmm. to be someone that they're not. They're not trying to necessarily impress you. They're, they are just themselves. Mm-hmm. And it is the most beautiful thing. And like I said, you know, what if we had, we know, what if we have it all backwards? We, we think that adulthood is our life, but what if it's the complete opposite? And what if we all treated it as such? Like kids are beautiful and magical and powerful. And I swear, I say it all the time, but like Barley knows more than me. Like, I swear she knows more than me. Like (laughs) it's just the most beautiful (laughs) thing. And it's like, I wish we would all treat kids like that because I feel like so much would change if we did. So good. 
Okay. So I'm so curious to ask you this and it might be a silly question and it might, there might not even be an answer, but does husband come first or children come first? Oh, this is really hard. I have to make a huge effort to put my husband first because I am just so obsessed with my kids. And this is something that my husband and I both struggle with as well. He um, was raised by a single mom and she wasn't at home like hardly at all because um, she was always working. And so he also is very much so like, no, he wants me there every moment, all the time with the kids. And sometimes we both mm-hmm. put our marriage on the back burner to pour into our children. And I, but I also believe that, you know, God puts us with the right partner to parent the kids mm-hmm. together. And so it's kind of a beautiful thing at the same time, because he loves me sleeping with our kids. He was like, no, like, I never want them to feel like you're not there or scared or worried or wondered where you are. Like, I never, ever want them to feel those things. And so he's very much pro co-sleeping, pro attachment parenting. And it's such a beautiful thing. Cause I just get to be this mom that just feels so right to me and like just obsessed with my children. And so that's really beautiful. But together, me and my husband have to definitely put in the effort that it takes to make, make sure we focus on our marriage because we're both very much like, yes, 100% our kids all the time. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's all about balance and you're still new parents and I feel like it'll be a forever journey of balance. Mm-hmm. And you guys, with that said, I mean, we were married for 11 years before we got pregnant with Barley. So we had a lot of time to develop and work on the foundation of our marriage and our relationship and just our communication. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of relationships are not necessarily like that, but we spent a lot of time really figuring out who is Justin and I be together and what does that mm-hmm. look like? And so ours is a little bit different, I think, than most people. So I just have to give a plug to the last episode with you because if you guys have are listening like this far and you want to hear about Ivy and Justin's story and their journey to like getting pregnant, it's a really, really, really inspiring, heartfelt, emotional. I think we both cried during the episode. Mm-hmm. It's a great story and I encourage you to listen to it. So last question, maybe there'll be two, we'll see. What is one piece of advice you would give an expecting mother or someone who desires to be a mom? Spend as much time as you can with Jesus now. Hmm. You know, ask God for the wisdom. He will sustain you. He will give you the wisdom and the things that you need to work on before you become a mom. He's Mm going to give you this little person, this little soul, and he has given you everything that you need to bring this little soul up. And I would just, you know, shut the world out and just spend some time with Jesus and journal and, you know, figure out what is it, ask him to reveal to you, what is it in yourself that you need to heal so you can be the best mom to this person that he's going to give you. He's going to loan you. So good. Thank you so much. I honestly, like, I could talk to you for, like, hours. Same girl. You give such good, gentle advice that is applicable for anyone, whatever your beliefs are. It makes sense. And that's why I love talking with you, because I think that whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, like, what you're saying makes sense to everyone. And... I love that. And so I love you and I just love all your wisdom and how eager you are to share it with others. And thanks again for blessing us with your words of wisdom. Thanks for having me and you too, girl. I love you. Love you. Love you.